0: Welcome to the Legacy Church Amelia Island podcast. We are so glad that you have joined us. Wherever you're listening from today, we believe that this message will help you to know God and leave a lasting legacy on this earth. Why don't you put your hands together for the goodness of the King that we celebrate today at our Christmas Eve services right here at Legacy Church. Whether you're in the building with us or online, we thank you for being a part of our family this evening. You may have walked in a friend or a stranger, but now you're family. And so we thank you for being a part of truly one of the most significant services here of the year that we get to celebrate our King. You know, I was thinking about this, that that night in Bethlehem that we celebrate that Jesus was born, that for many of those people, and matter of fact, all those people, that night was much like any other night. Censuses were being done frequently, There was inns and and there was people traveling on donkeys. There was nothing that would seemingly be different that night. But what we know is that God had a plan to change everything. And so what we've been praying as a church is that tonight might seem normal. How many Christmas Eve services have you been to? And how many church services have you been to? and, And how many times have you heard a story similar to tonight? But what we know is that if God wants to change things, he can do it tonight. And I just believe in each and every one of our lives, you've come here and God wants to change something. He wants to influence you in a way. He wants to lead you to a greater revelation of who he is. He wants to do something that maybe you didn't know he wanted to do. And so for these next few moments, we're gonna talk about a night which people thought was gonna be an average night. Like maybe you thought tonight was gonna be. I wanna start tonight with Matthew chapter one, and verse 23 to kind of frame out the heart behind this evening, what we'll be talking about. And it says this, it says, behold, the virgin shall conceive and give and bear a son. And so if you were with us last week, you know that my daughter who's eight years old asked me, hey, dad, what does virgin mean? Because we're reading the story. She's eight years old. And I said, hey, that was Mary's middle name. I'm not ready yet for the conversation, okay? You do it on your timeline. I'll do it on mine. But in my household... It's her middle name. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. There was something that was going to change the course of all of their future. There was something that the world didn't even know. Time was being split in half from B.C. to A.D. There was something so strategic happening that evening for those who made room for Emmanuel for those who took Emmanuel serious, for those who knew that God wants to do something directly in their lives. And I just wonder if that might be you tonight, if that might be your family tonight, if tonight might be an experience, an encounter with Emmanuel. And so for the next few moments, I want to talk to you from this thought. Don't miss Emmanuel this Christmas. Don't miss Emmanuel this Christmas. There's more than meets the eye, I promise you. Will you pray with me? Father, thank you for your faithfulness and your love. how sacred and special a night like this is, God. Who among us deserve to be here and to to worship a king like you, but yet you allow us to be here. and Oh, my heart, I just pray that this time together, from the worship to the message to the gathering, it's, it's honorable to a sacred king. We've been busy, Lord. You know the schedule's in the Western world consumerism and make the holiday everything but it was supposed to be about still our hearts our minds and our souls what Emmanuel was supposed to mean that night 2000 years ago would it mean that tonight as well I pray in Jesus name amen I don't know about you but the holidays make me feel a little nostalgic anybody found themselves thinking back to being a kid Thinking back to maybe some of your favorite Christmas memories or maybe Christmas presents or maybe the biggest surprises of that time. In our other service, um, I said, Hey, who's a kid of the 80s? Who's a child of the 80s? There's like three of us in the room. So, oh, there's, there's four, five, six. This is my service, seven, eight. Not okay. This is fantastic. All right. I was waiting for you guys all night. I'm glad you're here. But, but what I, what I know is this, like, some of my favorite memories as a kid started with, like, gifts and the things that I got. Did anyone remember holding out for the Nintendo? Oh, if you could just wrap your hands around a Nintendo controller. That great two-inch by four-inch block of uncomfortability that you'd put in your hand and hit A and B and up and down. And that's really all the choices with a little left and right. And they wonder why kids can't get off games these, these days it's because they make them too comfortable and too convenient. Give you a heart block in your hand with a couple buttons. See how long it is before you lose control or you lose feeling in your thumb. Not too long. You no know, headphones to, to talk to people in different places. But I remember that being one of my favorite memories, upgrading that Atari to a Nintendo. And, I mean, what couldn't you do with Mario Brothers and Duck Hunt? The options were endless, weren't they? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm waxing a little nostalgic here, thinking back to the days that were. And I remember going from the Nintendo and then praying and petitioning, not the Lord, but my parents, for something called rollerblades. Anybody know what rollerblades are? If you don't know, they went from four skates to just four in the middle, from like the four on the sides to just down the middle, inline skating. And so what you were guaranteed with rollerblades, you were guaranteed with stitches or sutures of some type. Everyone in the house got them. And if you're like, my dad, he didn't believe in the emergency room. He said, no, 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 no. He found some Neosporin and some butterfly Band-Aid deals. And we've got the scars to prove them today. (laughs) Had we gone to the emergency room, they would have healed quite nicely, I'm sure. And so as you grow up, these are like the nostalgic memories, the memories that you feel like meant, meant something to you and made a difference. And as you grow up, the memories change a little bit. I can remember Christmas Eve, 22 years ago, right about at this time. I had my then-girlfriend, Courtney Morgan's family, my family coming together for the first time. Have you ever got the in-laws together, the future in-laws together? It's always interesting, but I remember having that ring in my pocket. And you know, the movies, Hallmark, they don't know what they're talking about. You are wreck as you're about to propose. There's no, like, chestnuts roasting in the open fire. There was no jazz playing in the background for me. I was just like, don't mess this thing up. And so I remember getting down on one knee and... She began to cry, and her mom began to cry, and my mom began to cry. And, and it was just it was a beautiful, beautiful moment, I propose. And, and thank God she said yes. Let me give some of you guys one day who hope to be engaged, let me give you some free advice. This is not part of the message, it's free advice. If you're swinging for the fences with a girl, and you know she's out of your pay grade and, and just way above your league, you have to ask her in front of her parents and your parents. You have to ask her in a real nostalgic moment, like a Christmas moment, who says no on Christmas Eve? She was mine before she knew it. I had to hedge my bets a bit. But those are some wonderful moments I, I think through. And one of the last ones I was remembering was, you might remember this quote, our first Christmas together. So our first Christmas together, we had this awesome deluxe studio apartment. Those words don't really go together, but you could, with your left hand and your right hand, you could touch both walls almost and kind of like the, the kitchen was a dining room and the dining room was kind of like the quasi living room. You know, it's like they were all this kind of one, but they were ours and it was beautiful. And so I remember our first Christmas. I was like, she's going to enjoy this Christmas. You know, as, as her husband, I'm going to make this an unforgettable Christmas. And so I went shopping for the biggest Christmas tree I could find to bring back to our deluxe studio apartment. And so obviously Courtney wasn't a part of this conversation or equation, and so I, I got it back to the house, and I remember not really knowing what room it was fitting in exactly, because it kind of took part of the living room and the and the dining room was kind of spilling into the kitchen, and so as I decorated the tree and couldn't wait till she got home, she came through the home of our deluxe studio apartment and was like, "Whoa, <laughs> there was more tree than home." I didn't really do that math, and. Um, had the balls and the lights. I was like, what do you think? She's like, it's something. It's something. I said, I know it is, isn't it? And I was hoping I'd like, get her engaged in the process. Like, sweetheart, what do you think? More lights, more balls, more? She's like, no, definitely not more. <laughs> definitely not more. I was like, "Well, what do you, What would you do? What would you do to the tree? She's like, you know what? It's a little crooked. It's leaning a bit to the right. And I said, oh my gosh, you're involved in this too? I, I slid under the tree and I began to move the leg and the noise of crashing balls and bulbs still rings in my ear. I can still feel the pine needles poking me in the back of my neck and into my eardrum, and I don't know how, but as I adjusted this wonderful tree, it fell on me. And I just remember her screaming and her gasping. And, uh, you know, maybe you haven't noticed, I'm not a real big guy. I'm about 5'8 on a good day, and that's there's, there's some heels in my shoes. I'm about 5'8. And so I'm under this tree with my newly minted wife, and our first Christmas and she's having to pull me by my feet. <laughs> You're laughing, but it was no laughing matter. From under this tree, and, and I remember being a little humiliated. And, and now that I think about this, I don't know if this is a good Christmas memory. Now that I kind of think back on this, but, but what I see from us as, as humans is that we, we build these memories around Christmas, and we build our family around holidays, and we know no matter where you are in the world, we're going to be close whether it's in person or FaceTime, whether it's gift exchanges or we celebrate before or after, like there's something about these holidays that it just draws family and friends together. We put our grudges aside. We're like, you know what? It's the holidays. This is all that matters because we understand it's an important time. Well, I wonder if we couldn't begin to understand the importance of knowing who Emmanuel is during this time. If we couldn't ascribe that same importance to it because what we know in the scripture is that God ascribes the most importance to this time and the person, not just of Jesus, but Emmanuel. Now, if you're part of our church family, you'll know that for the past several weeks, we've been in a series called Thy Kingdom Come. And what we have done, we've truly unpacked what the Christmas story really is. Let me help you out if you haven't been with us. The Christmas story is not one day, one evening. It is not. It's beautiful, the nativity scene and, and all the trappings that go with that nativity scenes. It's wonderful, but you've be neglecting thousands of years and 41 generations. There's so much, the, the handiwork of God, the beauty of God communicating with his people. And so we've walked through, to get to Christmas, you go through Abraham. To get to Christmas, you go through Isaac. To get to Christmas, you go through Jacob. And it's a, it's a beautiful just testament of love that God has for you. But then we learn tonight that To get to Christmas, you you arrive at someone called Emmanuel. Not just a name, but a title ascribed to one person and one person alone, and that's Jesus. And it's pretty significant. You only see this name three times in all 66 books of your Bible. Three times you'll see this name, but it's given to the significant Messiah here. Five to 700 years prior, you get a preview of coming attraction, Isaiah 714. And he says this about Emmanuel. Watch this. It says, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign that God will let you know when you see this, it's his work. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name what? Emmanuel. See, understanding the revelation of not just the name and the title, but the person of Emmanuel has the ability to change everything for us here today. I mean, seriously, it was a normal night in Bethlehem. You can go to Bethlehem today, and it'd probably be very similar. But God was doing something so different, something so unique. And those who weren't looking missed it. If you come in here tonight and just check in and check out, and we got the family, and you know what we're doing after, and how long-winded is this guy because the crockpot's going. Either that's true for you, or you didn't think I knew what a crockpot was. I'm not sure how that lands for you. And truth be told, I just know how to unplug it. My wife's like, hey, turn off the Crock-Pot. You know what I do? Is that not how you turn it off? Question. Is that not how you turn it off? For me, that's turning it off, and that's putting it on low. Same thing. I digress. But, But what I want us to see here is that they potentially could have missed a move of God in their life. And you potentially could do the same tonight. Or we say, Lord, I am here. I am ready. I am opening. I am willing for you to move however you want to move in my life. Because if so, you may see him in a different light altogether. But as he unpacks from Isaiah to Matthew to the New Testament, as he unpacks who Emmanuel is, we see he is described, he is shown, he is revealed in very specific ways. And the first is this, Emmanuel, he is for us. Someone say it with me, Emmanuel is for us. God with us is for us. Most of us tonight, I would imagine, you know that God exists, but you might not know he doesn't just exist, that he's for you. Have you ever experienced someone in your life, throughout the course of your life, someone that was genuinely for you? The kind of person that wanted more for you than from you, those are rare. But Emmanuel is that. He desires more for us than from us. Talk is cheap when it comes to love. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You can say you love someone. You can recite all kind of sweet nothings in their ear, but you got to prove it. And one of the greatest prophets ever said, you have to put a ring on it. (laughs) Delayed reaction, but we'll go with it. And I learned that. Like, I told Courtney Morgan I loved her the first day I met her. Probably came off weird. I get it. A little stalker-like. But I loved her the first day I met her. But talk became cheap, and I had to prove it. I had to prove that I loved. I had to show that I loved. And what I want you to see in this story of Emmanuel, it is God's proof that he loves you. And I know in in our culture in our environment and in life and family and kids and work and whatever dynamics your life looks like, You might not always feel love, but there is love waiting for you. And not only did he prove that he loved us, watch this, he proved that you're worth fighting for. You're worth fighting for. Because what you might not know is the baby that arrived on what we see as the Christmas day, that baby was born to fight. He was born to fight for you. He was born to beat down everything and anything that would come against you today to show you the love of God. He was a fighter. He would fight that whipping post that most died at, and he would fight all the way to the cross. And then resurrect three days later. He fought for your love. Don't tell me you love me. Fight for me. Show me you love me. And he loves you that much, and he showed you that. His love, it didn't come cheap. And he shows us that. Because here's what we see. Now, many of you here today, I don't, I don't know where you're at in your spiritual walk with God, but chances are there are some here today are joining online that, you know what? Your walk is not what it used to be. You've lost what the Bible would say, your first love. You used to talk to God all the time. Now it's when you get a chance. You used to seek God's face and pray in ways that you don't do anymore because you just don't have a chance right now. Life is a bit busy right now. There's a few things going on right now. And what I found is that like the ocean currents, they drift, we drift. And it doesn't happen in a week or a month or a year. But over the years and for some over the decades, we're just not where we used to be. But when you have someone who fights for you, when you have someone who loves you. They fight for you to the very end. And tonight, I believe someone's going to run to that love that's been fighting for you. That's going to woo you back to him, not beat you down, not tell you everything you haven't done over the years and what you've been missing out on and how far you are, how much of a prodigal you are, but love you back to him. Love you back to his arms. And if you know that he is for you, can I help you? Can I tell you this? If you know he's for you, you can endure anything. And let me be honest with you. I don't know what your 2023 is going to look like. I don't have a clue. It might be the best year that you have not experienced yet. And it could be the worst year. I don't know. But I do know that he is for you. You can endure anything. I remember preaching at the end of 2019. It was like right before uh, the new year. In 2019, I was like, I don't know what your year looks like. But God's going to go for you before you. I had no clue what 2020 was going to be. But wasn't God with us? Wasn't he for us? We've made it. We're here today, aren't we? That's the proof of his love. That's the proof of his grace and his mercies. Here's the question I want you to to start to, to think about. Will this be the year you stop looking around for affirmation from others and start believing if God is the only one for you in 2023, then that's more than enough? Think about that. We run around to... People, places, and things, we try to find our, our affirmation in spouses and friends and family members and brothers and sisters and parents. Tell me, tell what if God was the only one on your side in 2023? Can I tell you, I'm, I, I am, I've lived proof of this. He is more than enough. He's more than enough. He is all that we need to find all our sufic- sufficiency found in the one who is for Someone say Amen. Here's the next thing we see in Emmanuel, and it truly is in the definition of his name, which is what? He's with us. Someone say, Emmanuel is with us. God is with us. He encamps with us. It was good enough just for him to be for us, but what we see in the scripture, it says that he is with us. The arrival of Jesus proves how much he was for us by him being with us. The assurance of knowing that he is with us changes everything. You know, for someone to be with us means this, that he is with us in every season, the highs and the lows, the Super Bowl parties and the funerals. The best moments of our year and the worst moments of our year. This is, this is who he is. This is what he proves to be in our lives. This is what Emmanuel is and what he, he desires to be in each and every one of us because if you look back over twenty twenty. Too, just for a moment, just look back over the year. There were moments where I like to call them knock the wind out of you moments. You know what I'm talking about? Many of you have served at our legacy center with our, our underprivileged and underserved community. And so we were there with them, and, and, and sometimes things will get rough in a game or something like that. And, and more times than not, somebody will fall or get hit or run into somebody, and the wind will get knocked out of them. And you see a kid for the first time, and they get the wind knocked out of them, they don't know what to do with themselves, right? They start like trying to breathe, and the air's not coming. And they start to to jump up and down and thrash and roll around, like, where's the wind coming? And you just try to get them like to sit down, put your hands behind your head. Your wind is coming back. See, they don't know that. We have the luxury if we've been there. And God is telling someone here today, your wind is coming back. You're thrashing, you're hurting you're rolling around, you're jumping up and down, but the wind is coming back in your relationships. The wind is coming back in your marriage. The wind is coming back with your children. The wind is coming back with your grandchildren. The wind is coming back with the way you see yourself and you're not not gonna be as insecure as you always knew yourself to be. The wind is coming back with your mental health and your emotional health, not because I say, but because the definition of Emmanuel is he is with us. There are things the enemy has stolen from you that are coming back. There are, watch this, self-inflicted wounds. You shot yourself in the foot. I shot myself in the foot. But the wind is coming back. The wind is coming back. We have a God who loves us. He'll sit there. He'll wait for us to put our hand behind our back, spiritually speaking, and pray and trust him. And he'll say, yeah, the wind was coming back. We were waiting for it to come back. And this is the kind of faithful God that we serve. Emmanuel what you'll find is he's with those who talk about him. He's with those who think about him. He's with those who bring him up in conversations. He's with those who don't just think about him on a holiday or on a Sunday, but, but make him a part of their regularly scheduled program. Can I show you? In the Bible, there's this cool exchange. Two travelers on the road called Emmaus. Have you read this story? And they're just talking amongst themselves, talking about what's going on, but they mess around and use the name Jesus. They mess around and start talking about Emmanuel, and guess who shows up on their journey? Emmanuel, Jesus. I don't know what your journey is, but you start thinking about him, you start talking about him, get ready for him to show up and meet you right where you are. There's another exchange, and it's it's not very impressive of the disciples, I could say, They're behind locked doors. Jesus has just been crucified. They don't know he's resurrected yet. They don't understand how it all works together or understand the process. And so they're behind closed doors, fearing that they're going to be next. They're thinking about him. They're talking about him. And do you know who shows up in the room? Emmanuel. And so you might not consider yourself brave or courageous right now, but you start thinking about him. You start talking about him. And I promise you, he'll show up. Someone say amen. Here's my Encouragement to you. The year that was, your greatest disappointments in the year of 2022 will lead you directly into the arms of Emmanuel, or will lead you directly to depression, addiction, insecurities, self coping mechanisms, and the like. You get to choose. He chooses to be for you, Emmanuel. He chooses to be with you, but you choose what you will embrace. Maybe you can look back over the year that was and what you chose to embrace in different circumstances and different seasons. But God is ready to do something fresh and new. Do you believe that? He's ready to do something fresh and new, just like he did that night in Bethlehem, which no one knew and no one thought. Not even the innkeeper thought it was a different night. He's like, no room. Oh, but God was doing something so different. God was moving in a way that they didn't know. The Message Bible is written by Eugene Peterson. And it's a great version. The way he depicts and unpacks John chapter 1, verse 14, is amazing. He says this. The word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. Do you feel that? That no matter what your season, no matter what your circumstance, no matter what your situation, that Emmanuel said, I'm moving into your neighborhood. I'm with you. Come hell or high water, I'm there. Good days or bad days, I'm there. I'm promising to be for you. I'm promising to be with you. This is the king that we serve. This is the one that's more than just a holiday, more than just the reason for the season and all the other idioms we come up with. This is him. He says, I'm moving to the neighborhood. I'm married in the backslider. I'm here not just for the month of December, but I'm here January through November. I'm, I'm, I'm here with you. It's a beautiful depiction of love that even in the worst places, he is there and he's in the neighborhood. So here's my second question to you. I hope you're keeping track of the questions. Here's the second one Will this be the year you stop looking or stop obsessing over who is with you and look for Emmanuel who's never left you? Oh, we obsess about it, right? Who's with me? Who's on my team? Who's got my back? But what if we start looking at the person who's never left us, who's always had our back, who's always been there, who's always covered us, who's always been our rear guard? What if we started focusing on that one? You know, I found this to be true, and I wonder if you can relate to this. I found my joy, my peace, my shalom, my perspective, my discernment, my security has always been found in God. Every single time I look back over the past forty years of my life, it's always been found in God. But my sorrow, my hurt, my pain, my confusion, my moments of of being just depressed or anxiety-ridden—you know—those always have been found in people. Hundred for a hundred, I've always found security, peace, discernment, strength, motivation—all that I, I always found it in God but I've always found the opposite in people. Why do I keep confusing the 2 there well, They're 100, 100 for 100. You trust in God, you get all the offers. You trust in people, and you get what people offer. Why do I miss the two? Because sometimes we miss Emmanuel. We'll breeze through a holiday. We'll breeze through a season. We'll breeze through scripture and miss what Emmanuel truly desires to be. And here's the problem. If we miss, you know who else misses? Our kids and our grandkids, and our friends, and our family. Because if we are not teaching it, who is? Remember, the scripture is very clear. We are written, epistle read of men. If my kids, my family are reading it from my life, where are they going to read it? As parents are pretty good at this, right? You shouldn't, you shouldn't. Now the older I'm I'm getting, I'm asking the question, why haven't I, why haven't I? Where have I been? Why has my heart been insensitive or cold or callous? Do you see what the scripture teaches us? This is what Emmanuel desires for you and for me. You never found sorrow in God, have you? But you found it in other circumstances, other people. Let's not confuse it any longer. And here's the last thought I want to share to get together. Emmanuel will never leave us. He's not just for us. He's not just with us, but the scripture declares in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 5, it declares this, watch this, never will I leave you and never will I forsake you. This is what he hopes for you to come to terms with this evening, that he's never going to leave you. He's the love that's a covenant that gets stronger and not weaker, that loves you more and not less. There's nothing you could do to separate you from the love of God, the scripture says. This is Emmanuel. The greatest relationship you will ever have will be with the person of Jesus. Did you know that? You can accomplish everything you set out to do in your life. And some of you, I know you've done that. You've accomplished things in academia, you've accomplished things on your job, with your family, You live on the right side of the bridge, right? The right side of the tracks. If you live local, you know what that means. Like, you you can accomplish everything. You can have more degrees behind your name than a thermometer. That was a dad joke, but... You can do this all, but still find yourself wanting. You can find yourself asking a question I've asked myself many times there's got to be more to life than this. Surely he created me for more than this. Surely I'm more than this. Surely I'm needed more than just for these things. And the reason that is there to remind us that no one can fulfill us like Emmanuel. Every accomplishment, every goal, every person, every relationship, it will always fall short of our Emmanuel. God with us. And it's supposed to. So maybe your spouse is not that bad. Maybe your job is... (laughs) That wasn't a joke, but... Careful, it's Christmas Eve. Careful. Maybe your boss and your job is not that bad. Maybe they were never meant to fully fulfill you. Maybe there's a little bit of a lack of contentment you're supposed to have for the trappings and the things of this world because we're supposed to have an insatiable hunger and desire to search for him as treasure and gold. That God, nothing will sustain and nothing will fill me as you do. I've tried it all, Lord. Solomon tried it all. He was still empty, read Ecclesiastes, until he gives us all of his everything to Emmanuel. The one who is with us, the one who is for us, and the one who will never, ever forsake us. So here's my last question. Here's what I want to send you into the year of 2023 with. Here's the last question. Will 2023 be the year that whenever someone or something departs from your life or your inner circle, you see it as God making room for more of his presence? Or will you see it as resentment, another reason to be bitter and angry, another reason for self-loathing and to blame someone else? Will you see it as God making room for more of his presence? How many of you know in the life of Mary, the one that we glamorize, the pregnant teenager? We glamorize this life. How many of you know some people walked out of her life? Okay, so the first virgin birth, immaculate conception like like how many of you know family walked out on her? Friends walked out on her. People she grew up with walked out on her. How many of you know the night that you and I celebrate tonight Christmas Eve celebrating the birth of our Messiah, how many of you know Mary was the loneliest girl in the world? we don't even hear of her parents supporting her we don't hear of grandparents we don't have anybody outside of joseph who by the way the bible says wanted to put her out he wanted to divorce her he, i'm not dealing with this the loneliest girl in the world but we know that people and things were moved out for the presence of who jesus I just want to prepare somebody here today. If there are things in the coming year, if there are people in the coming year that are subtracted, that are cut away, that are moved out, just know this. He will make room for the presence of God in your life. He will set boundaries in place for the presence of God in your life. That's why your present can't give your future advice. No way. Because you don't know what is going to do. You don't know what Emmanuel's going to perform in your life. You don't know what he's bringing To pass in your life. That's why your present can't name your future. And your present can't give advice to your future because it would rob, kill, and destroy you. Do you see why we can't miss the Emmanuel of Christmas? Do you see the importance? Do you see the value? This is who he is and this is what he promises to be. So, do you walk out of here tonight and it's more of the same? same struggles, the same patterns, the same behaviors, the same circles, this next year, or will it will be the year that you didn't miss Messiah. You didn't miss Emmanuel. You didn't miss not just the person, but the qualities, the characteristics of the person that are available to you. If you see tonight, not like just a typical night, but a night where everything could change. Because a night you you prayed and, and you asked that you would Get a revelation of how he is for you and how he is with you and how he will never leave you. How no longer do you look towards people and towards things, but to him and him alone. Tonight, things could be different. Moving forward, things could be different. Or it could be more of the same. You get to choose. I want to close our time together here with, with two different things I feel really strongly about right now. The first, I want to pray. If you find yourself in here that you have drifted from God, and maybe you prayed a prayer, maybe you were a part of a church gathering, or just life has happened, you've drifted. We want to pray that God would, what we call, lead you back to him. But we would say, rededicate your life to him. And we also want to pray for those who've never prayed a prayer You've never known that this God who's willing to fight for you desires for you to first surrender, repent, and welcome him into your life. And if you do that, there's no way this year can be the same. If you receive Emmanuel, you will see your life change in dramatic ways. And so as a church family, we're going to pray together. Whether you're in the building or you're online, we're going to pray that Something happens on the inside of your soul, and and I can't give you magic words. The Bible just says if you confess in your heart, you repent of your sins, you are saved. It seems so simple, but yet cost God everything, His Son. And so, church family, can you pray this prayer with me and those who are far from God today or for the very first time welcoming the Lord into their lives? Let's pray. Lord God, we believe in you. We repent of our sins. And we welcome Emmanuel into our lives. Give us a hunger for your word and for discipleship. The rest of our days, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Can you put your hands together for those who prayed that prayer? Whether you're in the building or whether you're online and You have become part of God's family. You have been part of of the the family that Emmanuel desires to bring close to him. And we thank you for that. The last way we'd like to conclude our service and our time together here today is taking part of the Holy Communion. And so if you have your communion with you, you can begin to open and take out the bread and and open the juice. And If you don't, you can raise a hand and we'll make sure we get one to you. But I'm going to tell you right now, this moment conceals so much. We're told one of the last things Jesus does with his disciples, he actually takes part in the Holy Communion. He takes part in, in this breaking of the bread and in this taking of the juice because the symbolism will sustain them and will sustain, sustain all those moving forward. And so if you have your bread, you can take that out. And as you take the bread out, please see this more than just a wafer. This is the most sacred thing you could ever do with your life. We are told on that last night of his life, he looks at the disciples, he goes, he shows them the bread and he breaks it. You can break it. When he breaks it, he says, take and eat. This is my body that's broken for you. Why the symbolism, Jesus? Why the theatrics? Why are you breaking the bread? Because his body was about to be broken. For humanity, for all time, he was breaking himself, which is to say, please don't take part in this bread without offering your brokenness to the Lord, without saying, Lord, I'm not just doing this out of perfunctory and out of habit. I am saying, Lord, here's my brokenness. Here's my hard-heartedness. Here's everything that's unlike you. Would you take it? And I receive your wholeness. And so if you'll hold your bread up and pray with me, blessed are you. Lord, our God, King of the universe, we offer you every part of our brokenness. And Lord, not just our current brokenness, but past brokenness, past pain, past traumas, the way we grew up, the things that we have passed on. Lord, we offer you our brokenness, that you would heal it right here in this moment in Jesus' name. And that we may partake of the sacredness, the holy body of our Messiah that was broken for all of humanity, we pray we take and we eat together with grateful thankful hearts in Jesus' name. And now the juice, the power and the blood of Jesus, it, the symbolisms are endless, aren't they? But the scripture puts it best in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-six. 26. It says this, For whenever you eat this bread, like we did, and drink this cup, like we're about to, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. We are telling the world, we are saying, the Lord died, he is risen, he's coming back again. He left a suffering servant, but he's coming back a ruling king. We declare this tonight. The scripture would also go on to say that we must repent of all of our sins. We must search our hearts and say, Lord, I repent for anything that's not like you. That I may drink of this with the right heart. And so as we take part in the juice this evening, remember, this is the blood. This is the embodiment of Jesus. The scripture is very clear. Isaiah tells us that he was so marred, he scarcely resembled a man that he would suffer for you and I. And know this, you can't talk about the Christmas story. You can't talk about the birth without the death. He was born to suffer and to die so that this night might be possible. So we can hurry up after this and go hang out with family and friends and eat good food from the crock pot. This is our King and our Lord. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe. Thank you for the blood of Jesus. Thank you for the blood of Messiah. Thank you that tonight we take it freely, but yet it costs you everything. Thank you for redemption. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for making a way for the birth of our Savior to the death of our Savior. Thank you for the covenant that your blood is, the blood of the new covenant. We take with grateful and thankful hearts in the most sacred of moments. We honor you, Lord, as we take this together in Jesus' name. Amen. What a special, special time together, church family. Can you put your hands together for the goodness of our God and of our King? We hope that you were challenged, impacted, and blessed by the message today. We're so glad you joined us. For more information, please visit LegacyChurchAI.org. Or take a moment to follow us on Instagram at Legacy Church AI.